Let's start with a word of prayer so if we could stand together. Dear God and Heavenly Father, we're grateful today, Lord, that we can be here to worship you and, Lord, to uh, seek your face. Lord, I just pray now that you would just help me as I speak, Lord. Um, just kind of had a hurried day, Lord. I pray that you'd help me to calm my spirit, and Lord, that I'd be able to teach what you've given me. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Taking your seats, turn to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9 and verse 22. The series I've been talking about is the maintenance of a Christian's life. The maintenance of a Christian's life. And one of those things that we talked about was... Yes, I have the recording on. One of those things that we were talking about was uh, we talked about the idea of confessing sins, the idea of reading God's word, the idea of uh, prayer, the idea of forgiving. All these things are necessary. But one of the things I think is very important with every Christian today is the idea of self-denial. Self-denial. What is? Why is self-denial so important to the Christian walk? Anybody want to take a wild stab at that? What's so important about self-denial? Or let's go over what is self-denial. Go ahead. Saying no to yourself. Pretty self-explanatory, right? The idea there is that we as Christians have a responsibility to say no to what? The flesh. The Bible says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are not spiritually discerned. Pastor talked about a couple weeks ago about the idea of not being that natural man. Not being the man that's overcome with his flesh. Whoa, who's that guy back there in that sharp uniform? <laughs> Good to see you, Kenny. Uh, we're in Luke chapter 9, verse 22. Talking about the idea of self-denial. But as Christians, we have a responsibility to make sure that we say no to the flesh. Um, there is a quote. It says, uh, It costs something to be a true Christian. Let it, that it never be forgotten. To be a quote-unquote lukewarm Christian and go to church is cheap and easy work. But to hear Christ's voice, follow Christ, believe in Christ, and confess Christ requires much self-denial. It will cost us our sins, our self-righteousness, our ease, and our worldliness. All must be given up. Our Lord Jesus Christ would have us thoroughly understand this. He bids us to count the cost. The idea there is when you get saved, some people say today, well, you don't need to repent of your sins. All you need to repent of is your unbelief. But the Bible says that we become what? A new man. The Bible says that we no longer are the same old man. No longer do we smoke. No longer do we drink. No longer do we carouse. But as a new man, we put on that robe of Jesus Christ's righteousness. And we say, God, be me. I pray that Jesus Christ would, I would be Jesus Christ. And it's not in the sense that you would be the Son of God. I'm not, don't take me out of context. But what I'm trying to say is when you take on and you get saved, you become what? God's Son. So act like it. God has given us not the spirit of fear, but of love and of a what? A sound mind. And today, Christian... If you don't have the idea of self-denial and you just let your, your, your flesh do whatever you want, listen to me, you're not being the Christian that God expects you to be. I take you back to Romans 12, 1 and 2. What does it say? 
I submit, I, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies, what? A living sacrifice. I was talking about the sacrificial system with my wife today on the way to church. I was talking about the importance of how that we are to look to Christ. No longer do we have that sacrificial system where we come out and Brother Lewis is not up here and he's not slitting the lamb's throat. And he's not putting on a burnt altar. Why? Because Jesus Christ came that we didn't have to. He became that what? Sacrificial lamb. And now that Jesus Christ has done that, what are you to be for Jesus? So many times Christians take this idea and think that, well, I'm saved. Hallelujah. Woo-hoo! I don't have to worry about anything else now. I can just continue on the path that I'm going. I'm going to heaven. I have that peace. What does Romans 6, 1 and 2 say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? There's a, uh, here's an illustration. It's called the padded cross. The padded cross. We'll get to the text here in a second, but I wanted to kind of give some inter- introductory to what I'm talking about. Well, here I am, Lord. You said take up your cross. And I'm here to do it. It's not easy, you know, this self-denial thing. I mean to go with it, through it, with it, through, yes. Sir, I'll bet you wish more people were willing to be disciples like me. I've counted the cost and surrendered my life. It's not an easy road. You mind if I look around over the crosses? I kind of like a new one. I'm not fussy, understand. But a disciple has to be relevant these days. I was wondering, is there any that are vinyl padded? I'm thinking of attracting others. See? And if I could just show them a comfortable one, I'm sure I could win a lot more. I need something durable so I can treasure it always. Oh, is there one that's sort of flat so it would, it would fit under my coat? One shouldn't be too obvious. <laughs> Funny! There doesn't seem to be much choice here. Just that coarse, rough wool one. I mean, that one would hurt. Don't you have something more distinctive? Lord, I can tell you right now, none of my friends are going to be impressed by this shoddy workmanship. They'll think I'm another something. And my family would just be mortified. What's that? It's either one of these or forget the whole thing? But Lord, I want to be your disciple. I mean, just being with you, that's all that counts. But life has to have a balance too. But you don't understand. Nobody lives that way today. Who's going to be attracted by this self-denial bit? I mean, I want to, but let's not overdo it. Start getting radical like this and they'll have me off to the funny farm. You know what I mean? I mean, be a disciple is challenging and exciting. I want to do it, but I have some rights, you know. Now let's see. No blood, okay? I just can't stand the thought of that, Lord. Jesus? Now, where do you suppose he went? Jesus. Jesus. That's the idea of every Christian today. This idea that, well, I, just, I, I want Christ, but I don't want all of him. I want Christ, but I don't want to follow him completely. You know, giving up some things is important. <laughs> the other day I heard someone say that they 
we're practicing Lent. Obviously, they don't understand what Lent is. Obviously, they don't understand that Lent has to do with the idea of Catholics giving up something to show their self-righteousness. Listen to me. We should practice Lent every day, if that's the case. Why are, you, why are they practicing Lent? I don't know. Because a Christian's life should never be giving their lives for anything but Jesus. 365 days a year should be giving up our lives of self-denial. Saying, I want to live for Jesus Christ today. When we get up in the morning, our goal should be, Lord Jesus, please help me to overcome my flesh. Lord Jesus, I know that I fall flat on my face unless I deny myself and take up my cross. Turn to Luke chapter 9 and verse 22. And this is the text for today. We have another one in Mark. But Luke chapter 9 and verse 22. Saying the Son of Man, in verse 22, saying the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised the third day. And he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what a man is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and his Father and of his only angels. But I tell you the truth, there will be some standing here which will not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God. Wow, Christ made it pretty clear there, didn't he? You deny me, I'm going to deny you. As Christians, our responsibility is not to fit in with the world. So many times today, Christians are so willing to give up uh, their standards and convictions in order to fit in. I, it surprises me and amazes me of the kids that I even grew up with that have lost their standards, have lost their convictions, and they just want to be they just want to live a quote unquote normal life. Listen to me, as Christians, we have more than just a normal life. We have an abundant life. And Christ giveth to us more abundantly. When we live for Jesus Christ, listen to me, there is no promise that it's going to be an easy road. There is no promise that it's going to be simple, but there is a promise that it's going to be abundant. And when we live our life for Jesus Christ, even though there might be bumps in the road, there might be trials, there might be persecutions, there might be things that happen. Listen to me. Does that mean we're going to have the joy of Jesus Christ and the peace that only Jesus Christ can give? I think Christians sometimes forget that. They forget the importance of living for Jesus Christ is not something that we just take lightly. Why is it today, as Brother Lewis talked about a couple months ago now, about the idea, why is it that so many people say that they are Christians and they've accepted Christ as their Savior, but today they're living the same life and there's no difference? It's for this very thing. It's this very thing. Just like I gave you that example of the padded cross, the idea there that, oh, I want Jesus Christ, but I don't want to give up this, and I don't want to give up that, and I don't want to have to do this, I don't want to have to do that. Christians have given so many things over the years. Think of the one man that uh, changed 
in the Roman times, he was a martyr. If you get a chance, read the, in the Fox's Book of Martyrs. But he was a preacher. He was a uh, he actually was a monk before monks were popular, and monks were meant to be something of a uh, consecrated individual to Jesus Christ. And what they would do is they would pretty much live this consecrated life where nothing else but Jesus Christ is what they did. And uh, one of these monks was at the Colosseum when two gladiators were fighting. And he started preaching and saying, this is wrong, you shouldn't be doing this. He even went out into the middle of the arena and started preaching. And he tried to get in between the two gladiators and say, this is not what Christ wants. People started yelling at him and screaming at him. Get out of the way! Let him fight! Just like today in our modern football arena. Let him fight! We don't need Jesus Christ. We don't need any of this. Let the gladiators fight. And once he kept on doing it, the gladiator turned and killed him. Took his knife and run him through. He gave up his life for Jesus Christ. Why? Because he knew that this was going to change. And believe it or not, it did change. Quite a few people came to know Jesus Christ as their Savior because of this one monk who decided to take a chance in living for Christ. We as Christians got it easy. You think about it today. There's a lot of complaints about the uh, United States of America. There's a lot of complaints about some of the freedoms that we've lost. And granted, we have. I'm not, I'm not being uh, poly, uh, Pollyannish. But this idea here that uh, we are so persecuted. We aren't. We aren't. There are some people out there that don't like Christians, but on the most part, we have freedoms to still worship the way that we want to. What have you done to take advantage of that? Now this message is about self-denial, but sometimes it becomes more than just self-denial. I know that sometimes as Christians it's so easy to become wrapped up in the things of this world and you know, through movies, through magazines, through newspapers, we become filled. Talk radio for goodness sakes. We become filled up with everything that our flesh desires. Now why is it so easy for us to forget the very thing that God has given us, which is His Word? It's self denial to get up in the morning and have devotions. It's self denial. To wake up on time. I woke up on time, brother. I live an hour away. What's your excuse 365 out of the year? Oh, 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 okay. Oh, we have, oh, shh. And at least all yours can dress themselves, brother. Amen. That's good preaching. I'm just giving Brother Juan a hard time. I don't mean anything out of it. But listen to me. It's easy for us not to wake up on time, to not have our devotions, to not have the ability to really do what God expects out of us. Why? Because we're not willing to give up of ourselves. In today's uh, world, it's so easy to become so self-centered. I remember as a kid, the idea of customer service. How many ever had to be on the phone for more than an hour? I have. Nobody else has been on the phone for more than an hour? Oh, amen. At least I'm not the only one. I tell you what, I don't like to be patient. But you know what? Sometimes it's good. 
Sometimes it's good to be on the phone for an hour. You say, Brother Harold, i got things to get done. i got kids screaming. i got all kinds of things going around around me. i got work to get done. I can't be on the phone for an hour. Is God still on the throne? I think so. I know so. Does God know that you're going to be on the phone for an hour? Sure enough. Now, I'm not saying, Araceli, I'm not saying, you know, talking to your friend on the phone for an hour. Now, that's a different thing. Amen, right? Amen, brother. I'm talking about having to deal with customer service and have to deal with this. You know what? Listen to me. God is still on the throne. Say, you know what? I'm going to have a good attitude about this no matter what happens. Are you practicing self-denial? Sure are. Now, I'm using a something as silly as customer service, but listen to me. It goes even further than that. You know, what we eat to what we drink. God has given us so much more. And what, how many times do we willing to say, no, I'm not going to do that? I remember when I was a kid, Pastor Teasdale had to run for his college exams for PE. And he had to run, I think it was three times a week, and it was three miles every time. Or maybe it was 2.1 miles, something like that. And I remember my dad, he was 38 when he first came to college, so he was 39, 40. He hadn't exercised in probably forever, <laughs> probably since he was in high school. And I remember we'd have to go running with him. And I remember my dad, he had these, if you guys remember, he had these, uh, I'm describing it so you can kind of see what I've seen in my mind. He had these pony cleats. Do you guys remember the plastic pony cleats? And he would run with them. And he just ran the shoes right off his feet. And I remember him telling me, we'd be running along. I'm just a short, I'm just, I, I'm pretty, I'm just a young kid. I'm probably sixth grade, probably fifth grade, sixth grade, something like that. And I'm running around with him, running around the park. And he's going, Lord, help me have self-denial. Lord, help me overcome this flesh. You know? And I remember that and it stuck out in my mind. But it also reminded me of how important it is to be able to do those things that stop us from, from indulging. We become so easy to gorge ourselves in the affairs of this life or gorge ourselves in not just the affairs but the luxuries of this life. Are you telling me, Brother Harold, that uh, I should give up some things like the Catholics do for Lent? No, I'm telling you to deny your flesh. I'm saying give up things so that you can be closer to Jesus Christ. You know, I don't know what you have to do. I don't know if there's anything that's besetting to you. But the Bible says that we should lay aside anything that so easily beset us and press forward for the price of the high calling of God. Now, as we as Christians, if we can't do this now, what's going to happen when persecution comes? What's going to happen when we have uh, so many things that are besetting us that we can't control? I guarantee you that we're not going to live for Jesus Christ then. What if someone's holding a gun to your head? Are you still going to live for Jesus Christ? If you can't now when you got the freedom to do it? It's a question. Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. It's the same account. But I do want to read it because each one has a different uh, side to it. Mark chapter 8 and verse 34. And when he had called the people, I'm sorry, I'll let you guys get there. Mark chapter 8 and verse 34. And when he called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. 
For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his fathers with the holy angels. Oh man, that's pretty uh, rebuking there, isn't it? It's reproachful. We as Christians, man, it says, what, For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? It's said of Alexander the Great when he had conquered the known world at that time, that after he got done conquering the world, that he sat down and cried because he had no more worlds to conquer. Listen to me, as Christians, we have over, we can overcome the world. Listen to me, there's something far greater than whatever the world can offer, and that's Jesus Christ. The rich and the famous, they have their riches, they have their gold, they have their nice things, but listen to me, do they have the same peace that comes with Jesus Christ? No. You think about your life and how, how fast it is and what kind of a vapor it is. You think about how it can just automatically be gone in an instant. And you think, what is my life worth? Obviously, it's worth quite a bit that Jesus Christ sent, or God the Father sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for it. And if it's worth that much, don't you think that we should try our dead level best to show God that we're not... Uh, uh, have an uh, ungrateful attitude to the things he's done? Listen to me. What's the most valuable thing you have? Mohan, what's the most valuable thing you have? Your computer? No? Okay. Don't worry, I won't rob you later, brother. You can tell me. We think Oscar, I mean, wow, sorry. Cesar, what do you think? What's the most valuable thing you have? Think about that for a second. Is it your car? Is it your house? What's the most valuable thing you have? I guarantee you treat it better, don't you? Because you realize, man, I don't want to have to pay for this again. Right? Jesus Christ sent His only Son to die on the cross. He paid the penalty with His Son's blood. Don't you think He should get more... Shouldn't he? Are you valuable as a Christian? Or instead, should we just go ahead and just walk through Jesus Christ's blood? Hi, Oscar. Should we walk through Jesus Christ's blood like it's nothing? Listen to me. The idea of self-denial is giving up of yourself. Giving your ability to overcome your flesh. Giving the ability to say, no, I'm not going to live this life. Galatians chapter 2. Verse 20. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Miss Rana, hello, how you doing? Howdy, how you doing? We're in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. The Bible says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Let's read that again. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, 
Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen to me, when you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you do? I'll give you an example of what I do. First thing I do, 3 a.m., get up in the morning. First thing I do is get that old, uh, jump in that, well, actually, I take that back. I ran out to the kitchen and turn on the Keurig machine. Make sure it's warmed up for me when I get out of the shower. Then I jump in the shower, get showered, get shaved, get uh, uh, teeth brushed, and then I get dressed, and then I go outside, and I might even, or not outside, but I go out and I uh, might even get on my phone, maybe look at Facebook for a second, and then I go out and make me some breakfast. Eat that breakfast, right? But there's one thing I should do every morning, and what is that? I need to crucify my flesh. What are you saying, Brother Harold? What are you talking about? Well, you're trying to tell me that I should put myself on a cross every morning, just hang there for a few minutes? You know? No, that's, that's, that's not even close. What I'm saying is you delve into this Bible and you beat yourself up for a few, few minutes. Say, God, examine me. Look at me. What am I doing that's wrong? Bring to those things that are remembrance, as David said. Examine me, O God, and know my heart. See if there be any wicked way within me. What are you saying? Do you like? Do you guys like to be corrected? I don't like to be corrected. It's not fun. It's not pleasant. Listen to me. The Bible is good for what? Reproach, rebuke. When you get up in the morning, you're denying yourself. You're saying, you know what? I know that in me is no good thing. God knows that as well. So let's take care of it this morning. Let's deal with those things that I've done throughout the day that I forgot about, that I haven't taken care of, and restore that relationship with Jesus Christ. That's called self-denial. Because guess what? It's not pleasant. It's not fun. It's not exciting. The Bible says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Not, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. For the life which I now live, I live in the flesh. Listen to me. You cannot live your life without the next phrase, the faith of the Son of God. You get up in the morning and you don't have time in the Word of God. Listen to me. Number one, you're not practicing self-denial. I guarantee you, you spend more time on Facebook, spend more time on uh, other things, uh, reading Car and Track and what's the other magazines I have? Gun and Ammo. Those things, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll read, I'll, I might even read the newspaper. Oh, that news, that's great. That's going to help you a lot, isn't it, through your day? <laughs> Tell you what, it's good to know that, you know, Sharon, what's the guy's name, the Israel Prime Minister, died of a stroke. That's good, that's going to help you through the day, isn't it? No, it's not. Listen to me, we have to crucify our flesh. Why? Because you live in it. If you don't crucify that flesh... What's going to happen when you walk out that door? You're going to have the proverbial fall on your face as a Christian. You're not going to have the ability to overcome the flesh. Because it's only by the faith of the Son of God that you can overcome the flesh. Isn't that great? Listen to me. You don't have to do it on your own. You say, Brother Harold, man, I so many things that I have problems with. You know, I, I just I just can't overcome this sin. I can't overcome this victory. I can't have victory over this sin. I, I have a hard time having my devotions. Start right there. Start right there. You want to overcome your flesh? It starts by what? First of all, having faith in the Son of God. 
How does faith come? So that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, as the Bible says. So how are you going to have the faith of the Son of God? By starting reading your word, God's word. That's how you start. Turn to Luke chapter 14 and verse 26. Luke chapter 14 and verse 26. I'm going to read this and then I'm going to give you three points that I think are important for areas of self-denial. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters. What does that last part say? Hello, folks. How you doing? Good to have you this morning. Yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Whoa. That's pretty harsh, isn't it? How many here love their mother? Oh, wow. Sure. Man, there's not a lot of people who love their mother. Does everybody have a mother in here? I hope so. You know, love your father, right? Amen? Maybe it's not your father. Maybe it's your sister that you really love. Your brother. What is this Bible verse saying? Amen. Come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters. Yea, in his own life also he cannot be my disciple. I just lost my grandmother. I loved her very much. And I have no clue if she's in heaven or not. According to the life she lived, there was no evidence of salvation in her life. And it breaks my heart. I witnessed to my grandmother a couple of times. It's very hard as a young person to witness to someone that's been an adult in your life, has had some authority in your life. But I still loved her and I still witnessed to her. And when I witnessed to her, she'd just walk away. I don't understand this, so I don't want to listen. Broke my heart. But you know what? Her relationship is between her and God. I can't get her saved. Listen to me. It would be very easy for me to say, brother and sisters, I'll just go ahead and just live my life so that I can be accepted by my grandmother. It would be very easy to do that. But listen to me. The Bible says that if I don't hate my father, my mother, my wife, my children, my brother, my sisters, all that should matter is who? Jesus Christ. You say, Brother Harold, wow, that's a little bit extreme, don't you think? Don't you think that we should uh, be the loving person that we need to be? Oh, yeah, I do believe we should be loving. Listen to me. The main reason should be Jesus Christ. Listen, if my relationship with my wife is not right, you know why? It's because my relationship with Jesus Christ is not right. My relationship with my father and my mother and my brother and my sisters are not right. It's because my relationship with Jesus Christ is not right. Everything starts with Christ. When you deny yourself of what you think is the most important thing, let me tell you something, the very opposite becomes true. You don't abandon those principles of love by abandoning your, your sisters and brothers and brothers. But when you turn to Christ instead, what do you do? You show them you really love them. Why? Because everything should be filtered through the eyes of God. When we stop filtering our, our life through the eyes of God, listen to me, we start turning our lives to Satan. To our flesh. And before long, what happens? 
Are we living for Jesus? No. We're living for who? Mother. Father. Brother. Sister. Mom. Dad. You name it. Friends. I think there's three areas of self-denial. <laughs> I use this because... How many remember the old McDonald's commercial? Amen, brother? Foods, boats, and fun? Remember that one, brother? Oh, you've got to be... Oh, you're loving it? Okay. There used to be an old commercial, marketing commercial. Tell me that marketing doesn't work. I don't know how long ago that was, and I still remember it. Food, folks, and fun. But there's three areas of self-denial that I think every Christian should determine. And those are food, family, and fun. Food, family, and fun. I say food. What do I mean by food? Listen to me. The Bible tells us very clear. You find in the New Testament where Jesus told some disciples that had been trying to cast out a demon, that the only way that they could be able to cast out that demon was by what? Much prayer and fasting. Fasting is important. I have to say that this is a very hard one for me. Fasting is important. How are you going to deny yourself in 2014? Try fasting. You say, Brother Harold, how can I bring myself closer to God? Listen to me. I I really believe it starts with uh, Bible study, but listen to me. It becomes so much different when you start denying yourself when it comes to food. How many fasted for more than a week? More than a week. Nobody? Nobody fasted for more than a week? I tried it one time. One time. I didn't eat for a whole week straight. You want to talk about really being hungry? When I was in wrestling, I used to fast all the time. Not for good reasons, but for to lose weight. And there would be times where I would be, uh, I'd go with uh, days without eating. And I would try not to drink because if you even drink a little bit of water and you stepped on that scale, I'd go like a, probably, I'd drink a little bit of water every day. Remember, you did not want to come before Coach Wright and be overweight. He'd run it out of you. It was no fun. We made our made it sure that we did not become overweight. I remember, man, being so hungry. Even after that, that week, I did that when I was about 7, 15, 16 years old. I just didn't eat for a whole week. And I drank water the entire time. You know what? You become very clear in your thoughts of why you're doing this. Why are you quit drinking? Why? I mean, why did you quit eating? Well, I'm trying to get closer to Jesus Christ. I'm trying to do those things that are necessary. And the babies don't like it. Amen. Hey, especially my twins. I tell you what. They definitely like to eat. Listen to me. When you, when you fast, listen to me. You do have some type of a uh, clarity in your thought process towards God. Can you imagine how long did Jesus fast? 40 days and 40 nights. I, I love Christians say, I want to be more like Jesus. Hey, fast 40 days and 40 nights. You'd be just like Him. Oh, no. I don't think I can do that. Jesus did. And then after that, Jesus was very, was tempted in the devil by, in the wilderness. Can you imagine, Brother Lewis? I mean, I've had your daughter's uh, tamales, right? Is it tamales that I had? No, it wasn't tamales. Enchiladas, there we go. Sorry, I can't get my Spanish foods right. Man, they're good. Brother, I don't know if I could live in your household. I would be Fat Albert in a few years. Okay? 
Maybe I'm already that. I don't know. Some of you might think that. But listen. Pray for you, brother. But listen to me. God has given us not uh, this idea that we need to be uh, so much into our flesh. It's very easy in this wonderful land of Chicago, right? We got uh, mm, Polishes and, and big beasts, right? Good stuff. You know, Jim's original over there on Roosevelt. Man, that's some good eating. But you know what? God expects us to get closer to Him. How can we do that? It's through fasting. Secondly, family. Family. I am not standing here today and telling you that you should just uh, totally give the hand to your folks, to your brothers, to your sisters. Listen to me. I don't have that great relationship with my cousins. I'm not close to my cousins. You say, why? Because my cousins aren't saved. They don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. I can talk to them. They don't like talking to me. You know why? I talk to them very long. Guess what I'm talking about? Oh, you won't believe what Jesus Christ did in our church this week. You won't believe what uh, God's done for us. We have nothing in common. And you say, why is that? It's because Jesus Christ is the most important thing in my life. Not movies, not beer, uh, not alcohol, not uh, anything else but Jesus Christ. And when that flies directly in the face of what? My cousin. He doesn't want to talk about Jesus Christ. It's the last thing on his mind. Our family. How about our mothers and fathers? How about our mothers and fathers? It's very easy to become wrapped up in our cultural agreements, right? It's very easy. Well, you know, I'm supposed to honor my mom and dad. Well, I'm not saying you should. What I am saying, though, that you should honor Jesus Christ first. Your family drinks alcohol at family gatherings? should say something. Maybe you shouldn't even go. I don't know. Listen to me. You have responsibility before Jesus Christ. If you can't deny yourself with your own family, how are you going to deny yourself with other things? My parents did not take us to any family gatherings at Christmas through the first, last, probably seven or eight years of my uh, teenage life. Seven or eight years. Well, from probably fifth grade on till I was a senior in high school. Why? Because every time the family got together, you know what they did? They broke out the Miller Lite. They broke out the Budweiser. And they were drinking it. Listen to me. My, my dad just, well, we're not going. You guys going to quit drinking alcohol, then maybe we'll come. Listen to me. He denied it. Why? Because listen to me. The most important relationship he has is who? Jesus Christ. And lastly, fun. Fun. We all love fun sometimes. I tell you what, out of all, I'm a fun-loving guy. I love to do things that are fun. You can ask my wife. When I get to sleep, I'm a very fun guy, ain't I? I told me that this morning. Honey, you've gotten way too much sleep. You need to deprive yourself some more. Right, honey? Amen? And I get some sleep, man, I, I, want, I want to have a good time. Let's do something fun, right? Listen to me. Fun is not always what Jesus Christ wants. Sometimes it starts with saying, what does Christ want me to do first? And you know what will find out? The fun that you thought was great, the fun that you thought was wonderful, is not the same. And it won't be fun anymore. 
But when you start serving Christ and living for Jesus Christ, those things that you do for Christ will be fine. They will be fine. Say, man, I have a hard time getting up and going to church in the morning. Listen to me. You surrender. You deny yourself. Listen to me. The closer you get to God, I guarantee you this, the more fun serving Jesus will be. Listen to me. If you're feeding your flesh, if you're giving yourself over to your flesh, what's eventually going to happen? Everything you're going to develop that taste for. Close with this illustration. When I was... We just recently, me and my wife have recently tried to get ourselves away from gluten protein. You say, what's gluten? It's the protein that's in wheat. And uh, trying to change some lifestyle things. But you know what? I started to eat. Man, there's a craving for some, sometimes for those that wheat. It's amazing me. I haven't waited it for a week. And I'll tell you what, I'll get home and I'm like, boy, I want some candy. I want some Reese's peanut butter cups. You know? I want to have some good old bread, you know? My wife gets this gluten-free uh, bagels. Ugh. Don't taste tasteless. But you know what's funny? I guarantee you that if I continue on this diet in the next month, two months, eventually, you know what? I'll lose a taste for that. I remember my dad, he, uh, <laughs> you remember pastor about five years ago, he lost a whole bunch of weight. He looked almost like he was, uh, he, needed to go, he needed to start eating food. Yeah, he just lost all kinds of weight. And you know what? He would tell us that he stopped eating some things and he started developing tastes for others. He started loving carrots and celery and uh, crunch, you know? Anything with crunch he loved. And you say, how did that happen? You know, why didn't he have the same taste for ice cream and candy and cakes, you know? That good old Weber's Bakery down the road. Why didn't he have that same taste? It's because he changed he denied himself. And before long, the things that he thought were good weren't good no longer. Listen to me. As Christians, we have that same example. When you live for Jesus Christ, the tastes of this world, the Bible says, will grow strangely dim. Or the song goes, go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Today, let's pledge. Let's try to say, God, I'm going to live for you today. I'm going to deny myself and I'm going to follow you with every action of my life. Let's close in a word of prayer and let's stand together. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just ask that you'd just please help us as we go through this uh, 2014. I pray it would be a good year. I pray it would be a year that we live for Jesus Christ. I ask you, Lord Jesus, that you...